The Brandom Podcast. Welcome to The Brandom Podcast with Brandon Jones. You can find out more about me at Brandon Jones Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Or follow the band at BrandonJonesBand.com on Facebook and Instagram. What's Brandom anyway? Ladies and gentlemen, now the host of your show, Brandon Jones. Hello, thanks everybody for uh, downloading and listening. The podcast that you're about to listen to is is very difficult. My, my I sat down with my wife, and uh, we went through some stuff. She is celebrating something today, and I asked if she would want to come in and share our story. She doesn't like sharing personal things, and uh, I'm I'm really glad, and I'm and I'm happy that she was brave enough to be able to come in and share this stuff um or some stuff we've gone through um over the last couple of years what we're about to share isn't everything it's not all the details we don't you know thank everybody we don't include it it's 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 as much as we could kind of put down really quick on her lunch break <laughs> but it uh but it's amazing and I'm and I'm very happy that I get to sit here it it took me a little convincing but I got this hot chick in here with me and it is my beautiful wife Megan how you doing babe I'm doing good. Well, so I asked her to come in and be on my episode, not because she's my wife, but a lot of people know us. They see us everywhere in town. You'll see us at shows, um, you know, because of who I am and because of where she worked, being at Joe's place for a really long time. Then a lot of people know her from there. A lot of people know me from me and, and it's that. But the last year or so has been kind of a mystery to some. And maybe not exactly a hundred percent mystery. If you know, you know. It's never been something that neither one of us wanted to brag about. Also, didn't want to like um, necessarily keep a secret, but kind of, you know. But I asked you to come in here because I think if we share our story, that it might help other people going through a very similar thing. And this is extremely difficult. For the both of us to share, especially Megan, because she's a very private person. But so what we're going to talk about is, you know, a little over a year ago, maybe even a couple of years ago, you were having some health issues and COVID started and uh, I wasn't allowed to go to the doctor with you, you Mm -hmm. know, and so you were going to the doctor and saying whatever to the doctor and and coming home and saying whatever to me now. The difference, too, that I should say, to, to so everybody completely understands, too, is, like, we were both raised differently. Not, neither one of them right or wrong, just differently, right? Very differently. Yeah. I was raised with a family that's LDS, we're Mormon, and we just didn't drink, we didn't smoke. I mean, that was around me. There was times when my parents fell out of the church. It, it wasn't like I didn't know what it was. Obviously, I don't go to church anymore. Obviously, I drink and smoke heavily. No, I don't, but I don't smoke, but I will drink. Now, fast forward to your lifestyle. I mean, you were, you know, you didn't know your father, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, you did, you finally met your father. You have a, a guy that you call your dad, and he's awesome. Um, and he'd probably kick my ass if I didn't say that. <laughs> and then, you know, you had your mom, and it was just a different upbringing, a lower, lower on the income. My family was low income as well, but... I mean, you guys drank and smoke and there was drugs. There was that lifestyle was, was what it was. It's not neat. Like I said, neither one of them 
were right. Neither one of them are wrong. It's just two different lifestyles. Right. But we fell in love. So we had to work it out, right? Um, so I guess when, when we, as friends, or rather as a couple, I can remember before we got married, your mom passed away. Yeah. And that was extremely difficult, especially for you, because you and your mom were so close. And uh, that's when I first became aware that alcohol was probably more of a problem than I thought it was in our lives. I mean, because me and you would go out and drink all the time. I mean, I'd come to Joe's where you were working and I'd have beers and we'd drink, not heavily, we just have some drinks, you know, mm-hmm. and then we'd go on about our day. Well, then it became more of a problem, especially because your mom passed away from the results of alcohol, right? Right. And 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 it was very difficult that day that that we went up and visited her. That was tough um, for me and you. And then now I, I seen it in you. And I can remember before we got married, I remember asking you, please, if you have a problem with alcohol, I don't want to get married. I'm not saying I won't marry you. But I want to work on this before we go making this like legit, legit, lock it down, you know? <laughs> and uh, that's kind of where things got different for us or got difficult. I didn't know it, but you were kind of lying to me. Yeah, I and was hiding it. Hiding it. And I would have never known. But this is where I want to open up and I want to help people out there. If you guys are having problems with mental health, drugs, alcohol, anything, it's just by sharing our story, I want people to be able to relate to it and, and it help you because it was, I, there was things I had to do and things you had to do for us to get through what we're about to share. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we've kind of opened the door. We've laid out this path of what's up. Um, you, I mean, ex, so, um, So, aside from me, I'm setting all this up. This is kind of taking a long time. But when we got we got married, we're moseying on with our lives and doing great. And I love our relationship. And I think that's probably a a big part of it. Um, We have an amazing relationship, mainly because you're such an amazing woman. And I'm so damn good looking. You know? Like, I really think that has nothing to do with it, except for that you are an amazing woman and, and you put up with me. But... We already have a difficult lifestyle. I travel a lot with the band. I'm constantly going. You've got mm-hmm. two step kids that that love you. We have a difficulty. We had difficulty. They're teenagers, you know. Mm-hmm. So so we have that, and uh, it, it's not an easy eight to five Monday through Friday kind of relationship um, with the band. With everywhere we go, you know, we see people we know, and it's a little harder for for others. Um. So you were coping with just life in general because you kind of thought it was the norm, right? To drink. Right. And and honestly, when I say that you, you would drink or had a problem with alcohol, it's not like you were like out closing down the bars and not coming home. That's another thing that was a little bit different about yours and mine situation. You know, you were home. Mm-hmm. You were just in the closet, but you were home, you know? And uh, it come down to your health and you started having some real health issues where it was like, you know, your liver started having, I mean, well, I was throwing up just about every day and I couldn't, I couldn't hold down anything. And yeah, 
it took everything in me to not throw up. I would have to drink to not throw up. Yep. Another side note, too. What's weird about this is I had worked at Detox, and I'd seen this stuff firsthand there. But I'd never lived in the life of the shoes of somebody who has to go home with it. And that that's where I, I didn't know. And what was irritating me is I really thought the doctors were missing something with you. I mean, you you another side note, you got hit in the face as a child with a golf club mm-hmm. and you had a cyst removed. You have a drain tube from your brain down to your a tummy. Shunt. A shunt. <laughs> you have this tube that runs down between your boobies and and it's like <laughs> but it's like but so I'm like, you guys are missing something. You're missing there's something else going on here. And and they were just like, No. I'm like, she has like one drink and she's fallen over drunk. What's the deal? Quit drinking. Because you didn't know I had already had like 10 shots prior to that one drink. Yeah. And so I'm sitting here frustrated as a, as a husband, like trying to figure out what the hell's going on with my wife. I don't understand your, your, your body's starting to fail. And I can remember the, I had already kind of, I didn't know that the, I can remember figuring this out and not quite understanding the problem as bad as it was because i remember you had quit drinking socially mm-hmm. we i had been aware of it and i'm like well then we're, you know we don't drink we'd go down to the 445 or we'd go out and i might have a drink but mostly we would drink mocktails or but even then i was hiding it from you i was hiding i would buy shooters and i would hide them in my purse or whatever i would find a way to still drink without you knowing right and i didn't know mm-hmm. i had no clue now you know, uh, if it wasn't for, um, the day, I mean, there's a lot of instances we could sure go through and relive, but the reality of it is, is that we led that kind of a life for like a a year and a half, two years or better Mm -hmm. of, of that, where I didn't quite know what was going on. Especially after my mom passing, that's when I started to drink more and more and more. And it was tough, but in that, that drinking, it started back with your mom though, didn't it? Yeah, I always drink with her. Yeah, and I remember seeing that. I remember long when we were barely dating. I'm not even sure if we we're official. I was over there, and it's like ten in the morning, nine in the morning. We're taking shots, and you're taking shots of vodka, mm-hmm. and I was like, "These guys party way harder than me. I can't." I'm like, "Dang, I'm I'm wanting to go get biscuits and gravy, and you guys are doing <laughs> shots of vodka. I'm way off." But I uh. But, you know, I didn't quite understand the problem. Then, fast forward, there's that time where I'm down in Denver. I, you promised me you're not going to drink. You had, at this point, we had gone to the hospital a couple of times. And you, you had told me in the hospital that you drink every day. And and I was aware of it, but you still weren't 100% honest. But you, you made me aware of it. And then I said, well, don't drink this weekend. We've got the kids the kids were kind of aware of a problem as well, so they were starting to kind of lose faith in you and us as a relationship, and they're teenagers too, and so that was really difficult. And uh, but something about me was like, I'm not giving up. This isn't gonna happen. I can't leave her. Everything about this girl is just absolutely amazing. There's no way. Um. Well, you told my mom that you'd take care of me. Yep, that was huge. You know, it's, it's really difficult for me to make a promise to somebody and not follow up. Um, but I was getting, I mean, for, for those of you out there who are in a relationship and listening to this and you are maybe the significant other to somebody who might be addicted to something, 
it's tough and you got to understand that they don't they can't control what they're doing quite yet and this is something i learned and we're about to talk about i didn't realize it was as bad as it was that you were drinking as much as you were per day and i just knew that without me you have you have a family i mean you got brothers and you you got a a dad and 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 everything but it's like i I didn't want to make that somebody else's problem you know you're my wife and i made that promise to your mom so i remember leaving that weekend again you've already been to the hospital a couple of times but we i went to down to denver to play a show where i was gone from wednesday the whole weekend wouldn't be back i said babe don't drink this weekend at all don't drink be good for the kids build that relationship up again just do it you can do this this was a little over a year ago today which is you know another we'll get to that anyway a little over a year ago today that we were down there playing and uh and you called me and said you you were sick and mm-hmm. and you were puking blood now that had happened before mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sure if I told you this side of the story. That had happened before, and I can remember thinking, oh, geez, the time before when you were puking blood, it was like I have had more blood out of my nose blowing it. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't even that bad. And not like a bloody nose, like as in a, it wasn't that much blood. But this time you were actually puking blood, huh? Mm-hmm. Like a lot? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I can remember what I said to you, and it still scars me because it was like it could have been my last words. I said, what did I fucking tell you? quit fucking drinking what do you think is gonna happen and i'm not even sure if i said i love you but then we hung up the phone and i never talked to you again that weekend Hmm. because you were actually puking a lot of blood yeah like exorcist status it was everywhere (laughs) like i couldn't stop it and and so then you called the ambulance and thankfully well no our daughter was there oh and she, um, whatever, made the decision. I couldn't, I couldn't, I became so weak. I couldn't get up off the ground. She said, if you can't get up off the ground, I have to call the ambulance. Well, and, and Barb, mm-hmm. Barb came, your friend Barb come over, thankfully, because she was going to help take you in, mm-hmm. n- not knowing how severe it was, mm-hmm. you know, M- mind you were, you know, this was a year ago, so we're. What we thought a year ago was towards the end of this COVID stuff, but really we we're still trucking right along inside this COVID stuff. And uh, so you're you're out on the bathroom. My daughter's there to help you, um, mm-hmm. and Barb is there to help you, mm-hmm. and she's holding you, helping you. To do you remember much about that? Yeah, I just remember the um, the paramedics coming in and lifting me up, putting me on a, a stretcher. And then mm-hmm. I remember the ambulance ride all the way there. I was freezing. I was ghostly white. Well, and thankfully our neighbor came over and helped too. Rick was over there. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't know how much he had to do with inside, but I just remember Rayleigh calling me and FaceTiming me, and then I seen the blood in the bathroom <laughs> and was like, uh, what? And I wanted to talk to you, but I couldn't. And then it was like, she's like, and I was telling her, go get a neighbor Make sure the ambulance is called. Uh, you know, I just wasn't sure. I had talked to Barb a little bit on the phone also. And I just wasn't sure what was going on. Um, But I can remember then you're in the hospital. And I'm like, I got to go play the show. <laughs> you know, I don't know what's going on. 
Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I get a call from a doctor. They're like, well, she's bleeding in her esophagus really bad. Uh, can you okay us giving her a blood transfusion? And I'm like, what? Yeah, whatever you got to do to keep her alive. I mean, what, what do you, you know, whatever it takes, you know? And I'm like, How, I don't understand what's going on. Like, what is going on? They're like, well, she's bleeding out of her esophagus. We think we're not sure. We're going to look. Uh, she's, they had knocked you out and mm-hmm. intubated you and were pretty much you took over. Yeah. And, you know, and, and we're giving you blood or, or asking if they could. I said, freak, yeah, duh. Yeah, you they know? ended up giving me over two pints. Yep. And I was like, I, I, all right, well, I got to cancel our shows and we're coming up. Like, we're leaving right now. And they were like, there's no point. With COVID, you can't come in here anyway. You mm-hmm. could come to Rapid if you want, and we can sure talk on the phone. But there's no difference. And I'm like, well, I might as well just stay down here and finish my show then. Um, what what all do you remember about the hospital? Mm, I just remember it, it took forever. I was on a liquid diet for a long time. Um, I remember my skin being yellow. Um, yeah, you're pretty eyes. jaundice. Um. They put me on a liquid diet for quite a while. I remember I couldn't even walk. I had to I had to relearn to walk. Um, they told me that um, obviously that my liver was giving out, and that's why everything was happening. Um, they said if I ever drank again, I could die, and I couldn't leave there until I could learn to walk again. Yeah, that was pretty wild. I mean, you had. You had pushed your body so far. That's what I remember. Like, And I still wasn't 100% sure what was going on. I mean, I had a pretty good idea. Plus, to boot, they said you had COVID. Mm-hmm. Whether you did or not, we don't really actually know. I mean, you got to go off what they say. You know, you didn't seem to yeah, have... Yeah, because when, when I was asleep, they must have tested or something. Cause I well, don't... yeah. and But at the same token, I mean... When I say when I say it's hard to say if you really did or not, who knows? You had no signs or symptoms. However, you also almost died from puking blood. So what signs or symptoms are you looking for that are not masked by that? You know, the DTs mm-hmm. and the withdrawing. And uh and so then I still couldn't come and see you. You had to be in there for quite a while. A week. Yep. And then so when I got back, I remember uh, I didn't even know you had COVID until I mean, let's say that happened on a Thursday, I think it was. I didn't know until like Friday night, maybe Saturday morning, in the middle of the night, I think they told me or something. I don't remember. It was something weird. I'm like, what? Why am I just being told this yeah, now? Yeah, you were upset. And then even like Barb didn't know. And she was, she's elderly, has her own health stuff, and she had been right around you the whole time. And mm-hmm. so it was like, you know, who freaking knew? But anyway, but. So we share that story because you almost died mm-hmm. <laughs> and you get out of the hospital and you're at home with COVID. You can't go back to work. You're, mm-hmm. um, we're, you're quarantining and we're trying to separate all of us. But then uh, your car battery was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, it's fine. She doesn't need to drive anywhere anyway. What's it matter? Mm-hmm. You were getting lifts and going to get more booze mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. And right you, out of the hospital you almost died and the reason i say that is is like that's the power of addiction yeah yeah <laughs> i mean you almost died and yet your body was like 
I'm barely strong enough to walk, but I'm going to go get some booze right now. I'm going to go get some shooters. Like that, that's what blew my mind about addiction. And in this case, it's alcohol. But there's addiction for everything, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't mean you. We have a lot of talks about it. And I'm like, I relate food as my addiction, right? And it's like, man. Hey, Brandon, you can't have, you got to watch what you eat. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to have one more good meal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to have one more biscuits and gravy and a bunch of bacon, you know, or something. I don't know. But I remember finding that, and I, I had to pull your debit card. I had to do everything. And that's when I realized, like, I can't do this alone. We can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who the hell. My mom looked up the number yep. and gave me the number of wherever the hell we called. Who did we call? Addiction recovery. Yeah. And those guys are saints. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they really like helped us out a shit ton. I, yeah. They honestly saved your life. They knew I was a severe case and they made sure they got me on an outpatient treatment uh, list. Yeah. Which you still fought it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to go. So I had, you got no money. You've got no car. Yet you had somehow hidden enough shooters around the house that you're doing meetings and you were still drinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, online. I was doing the meetings online. Yeah, because of the COVID. Yep. They were doing all their meetings online. And I busted you and put them in front of you in the Mid-meeting. class. Mid-meeting. We had meeting. a break during our meeting and I went and took a shooter. I f- and I caught you and found them and was like, in her meeting, held them up. No, you told me I had to tell them what I did. Yep. And I then, did. And and you did and 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 it, and it was difficult. It was a difficult time because I on my end of it, I can remember thinking, "What the fuck did I sign up for? The hell? I did not sign up for this." You know, I I love this person, but Jesus, when's enough enough? And I made a promise to your mom, but when's enough enough? You know, like even your mom would probably be like, "Understood. You did the best you could." You're clear. Like, that's what was going through my mind is like, man, I don't, I can't do this. I've got things I've got to do in my life. I've got two kids. I've got things. I just, my, I need, I'm pushing this music thing. I'm doing all these things. I just ain't got time for this stuff. I want her in my life. I want you in my life. But it had pushed us to the brink of just like straight up difficult. Like I thought it was it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I remember like, Thinking if, if she makes it through this health-wise. Because we still didn't know. You're jaundice. You're, I you're, stayed jaundice for a long time. It took a long time for that stuff to wear off. And and then, and then thankfully, that day was a year ago today. Mm-hmm. Huh. The, today is, when we're recording this, is February 10th. Mm-hmm. And that was a year ago today. And you've never had a drink. Nope. All year long, you went to treatment, inpatient treatment. Mm-hmm, for a month. Was it only a month? It mm-hmm. seemed like forever. I left in March and I came back in April. Yep. And uh, and uh, my hat's off to you because, like, you have, you went from that person who almost died and was still drinking, was still hiding it, to, like, who you are today people wouldn't even know that was used to be you and back when you were drinking there was some weird times 
Remember that time we you said you ordered pizza? You never actually ordered pizza. No, and the kids tell me I ended up ordering Chinese instead yeah, or something. It was like we were having weird times. We were all trying to figure out what the hell's going on with Megan. I don't know what's going on. To who you are now, you keep us in line. Mm-hmm. It's just the amazing the drug, the alcohol, whatever takes over and makes you a totally different person. And you are the sweetest, kindest hearted, biggest hearted person I've ever met in my life. And I have met some really good people in my life. And it's like to think that that alcohol almost took you out of this world. Mm-hmm. You went to group, you outpatient, you've had throughout the year. I mean, speak more about that what was group like i don't know what any of that stuff's like so group um actually outpatient treatment was probably the best i think um just being around people that are like you is different um you don't know what it's like until you meet people that have been in your shoes too um i don't know it's just I don't really know how to describe it right but it's i know i know it's it's done you wonders i mean it's not like you're healed right they never say i'm a recovered alcoholic no that's this thing you say in group you're never fully cured there's no cure you're it's a it's a disease mm-hmm. who are some people i mean and you don't have to mention their names or anything unless you want to that like even when you were in uh what, what was the group you went or what the place you went to for treatment iop oh in yankton yankton yeah that town there what L- the lewis and clark yeah the lewis and clark and lewis and clark weren't there mm-hmm. but yeah <laughs> no but but no but, but i mean was there anybody there people there that that really helped you out i know they're still billing us honestly just um the counselor i would say mainly um she was the nicest person ever she like she didn't even get like how I could have an addiction because of my personality, like. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild, you know, and it was difficult. It was definitely. It's been, you know, people always say like twenty twenty sucked and twenty twenty one was a little bit better. Man, twenty twenty one for us was rough. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> we made it through it though with like, and it it took a lifestyle change. There's people that we just can't hang out with. Uh-uh. There's you know people that we we lost as well there's friends. things i still can't do i can't i'm not fully um kind of ready to be out in the world i guess you could say yeah and i and this is where i fail you sometimes i forget because i live a double life where like on the weekends i'm gone with the band and i'm social and i can drink but i can also i'm fortunate enough to where I don't seem to struggle with that kind of an addiction thing. So I can go out and have two beers all night long and, and not drink for a month. I could also go out and drink with the best of them and show them how it's done. And then the next day be like, that was dumb, but, but it's never a daily thing for me. Um, so sometimes I kind of forget that and, you know, I'm out to dinner or we're out doing whatever with friends and I'm wanting to take shots or, drink a beer do whatever and then and that's been something we've had to work through that i need to get better at but i applaud you for being strong i mean the other thing that's helped us too are bud zeros yeah (laughs) bud zeros and i talk about it on the radio 
Bud Zeros and now Heineken. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of like even Bushlight NAs, they have alcohol in them. Yeah. Small percentage. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you're doing no, none, yep. then it's like Bud Zeros is the way to go. And the Heineken Zeros, no carbs, nothing. It just tastes like a beer. You're socially hanging out with the boys or the gals, mm-hmm. but you ain't drinking alcohol. Yep. It's cool. Man, that's just crazy. It's been it's been a wild year, but so what do you what do you recommend for anybody out there who is like you? Because your alcohol habit was like this. You would wake up, have a couple of shots, go to work, have a couple That's of shots at lunch. Yeah, have a couple of shots at work. You weren't out just getting shit faced every no. night. That's why nobody knew I was drinking. Yep, you were just constant buzzed. Constant mm-hmm. I mean that one time I forgot to throw in there, we were at the hospital. Remember your blood alcohol thing? So point zero eight zero is a DUI and you were a point four something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, 414 or 440 something. And I'm like, dang, mm. my, my little life is wasted, <laughs> you know? But I didn't look at or see it. But so, I mean, going from somebody like that, because you had built your tolerance up so high to who mm-hmm. you are now, what would you recommend? If somebody's listening to this right now and they're in your old shoes, they're you a year and a half, two years ago. They what, need to find it in them to admit that they have a problem. Um me, I would always say to myself every day, um, like, you don't have a problem until, like, you lose your job or until you lose your family or, like, you can't, you don't have a life anymore. That's when you realize you have a problem, but it's not the truth. It's, you just have to admit that you have a problem and get help. You can't do it on your own. Well, yeah, it's tough. And I mean... I agree with that. I used to think that it was something me and you could battle on our own. I mean, we, and we did that for literally two years, I bet. I mean, you know, we're almost going to be married for three. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. And then it's like. <laughs> Together for nine. Yeah. And so we did that struggle for a few years mm-hmm. of thinking we could do this on our own. We don't need to make it a, that big of a deal. But there, and then. The other thing that's a, a thing is the cost of it is a factor. And with you going to, where did we go again? What's well, and if you go to addiction recovery, yeah. they work with the state and they will help with all the funding. As long as you follow the program and you, and you graduate, it's all covered and you don't miss any sessions or anything. Yep. It's at least a year program. Right. And, and that's what helped us out a ton financially. There's just no way we could have afforded it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we would have, we would have, you know, we would have just been paying for it. And so, th- I mean, those, those people there are saints, mm-hmm. you know, they really helped us out. And, uh, so, I mean, com- compare yourself now to then and, and, and pretend like you're talking or like, what would I have told that what, Megan? What would you have told that Megan right now? Like, you know, because you almost died. And, and I think that's kind of the part where. For for me, I guess, and I'm not trying to put like words in your mouth. I don't know. Is when you're looking at somebody who's addicted, they don't think they have a problem. They think they're fine. It's the mask of the alcohol. How do you think they can break through that barrier of alcohol, drugs, whatever, and get and get to a better spot? Honestly, it's it's. I don't I don't know. I think you have to you have to find something better in life like you have to find something to focus on whether it be 
your kids or whether it be, um, I don't know, finding, like, making money to get that new vehicle or something, working hard to do something. Like, you need to um, just, I don't know, a lot of it falls into depression too, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. You need to learn that you're not alone and that there is people and mm-hmm. there is things to live for in life. There is. And that brings up another point, too. You talked about the cost of it is like um, the cost of going to treatment and all that stuff. It, it's something, right? And hopefully the state, you can find a way for the state to help you with that if you're listening. But it's like, remember that time they were breaking down how much money you spent on booze? Well, I have an app, actually. Oh, um, yeah. Tell them about you, that app. If you download this app, it's called I Am Sober. And, um, it actually, it's the most awesome app. It, um, there's a community page on it. You can talk to other people that are like you. Um, it counts down your days of sobriety or up for you. Um, it also tracks, like you put in there how much, um, money you were spending on alcohol a day. And as of right now, um, I'm a year sober and I, I would, I've, I would have spent $8,000 and 760. So... I mean, treatment really wasn't all that expensive anymore. You know what I mean? Or or the time away all of a sudden wasn't that bad because you just saved us over $8,000 that we were wasting on booze. Mm -hmm. You know? It's just crazy and how easily a person can slip into that addiction too. And and you don't really... To me, I look at it like... I remember when I asked you to quit smoking because when we first started dating, you smoked. Mm-hmm. And but you'd give away more cigarettes than you smoked, yeah. and I'm like, there, however much money a, a pack a day you were going through, you're only smoking like two or three a day, yeah. giving away the rest. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? What are you doing? You know? Well, and I quit for you and the kids because I didn't want to be away from you. I was always separating myself. Yeah. Yeah. Which. So, I mean, there you go. If if you're listening and you're addicted to anything, it could be cigarettes or alcohol. There is help out there, and it. And don't feel like you're you, you're too good for that. Because yeah. I felt like that's the battle I know I had. And it could seem like it's embarrassing to say to anybody or you don't want to have a voice, but you need to have a voice. You do. Otherwise, you know, your your body can only take so much. Really? And, and, and yeah. And so, and I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful that we were able to get through it. I mean, it, like I said, we're it's not like we're cured and the rest of our life is hunky-dory this is the happy ending we're gonna ride off into the sunset we've still got the rest of our lives to battle but we at least have it to battle Mm -hmm. you know i almost didn't have you and i almost walked away and just left you to battle it alone because i didn't want to deal with it it was tough you know and uh and i'm just glad that that we made it i guess (laughs) i'm glad me too have somebody make me breakfast in the morning, <laughs> do my laundry. <laughs> no, but you take way too good a care of me. But, baby, thank you so much for coming and talking about it. I hope it helps somebody. And, and thank you for, I, I know this is out of your comfort zone, yeah. doing this and, and chatting with me about it. And hopefully, you know, maybe somebody will listen to this and it'll it'll change, you know, their lives. And they can, you know. What, hopefully it, it helps i mean it's it's michael if i could help anybody it's it's tough so yeah i love you love you <laughs>
The Brandom Podcast. Hey, thanks for listening to The Brandom Podcast. You can always subscribe, follow, and please leave some comments. Also, share it on social media. Tag me in the post. Brandon Jones Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Got something you just got to share with me? Hit me up on my email, brandon at catradio.com. That's B-R-A-N-D-O-N at K-A-T radio.com. And as always, we're looking for sponsors. Love you. Love you.